Let's go back busy day today, and we got some serious stuff that we need to talk about today. And the phones are open at 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Very busy weekend. Had a great time on Saturday up in Dallas for this friend of mine. CG Cruz put out a brand new album. We went to the uh, listening party. But then, of course, everything was going on with the banks, and uh, I wanted to get back here right away yesterday morning and dive into what I needed to do to get the information to you without sounding wonky and without getting off into a lot of weeds on this. But I want to, I want to break this down and make it understandable as possible. Uh, I spent uh, all day yesterday, probably uh, 12 hours yesterday, on phone calls with various people in the banking industry, and I'm talking about higher-ups, uh, in the banking industry across America, I talked to no less than four uh, heads of banks and, and leaders and CFOs and CEOs, etc., of various <coughs> lending institutions across the country. I also spoke with a number of venture capitalist organizations yesterday throughout the day, uh, people who head up billions of dollars in investments in venture capitalists, etc., and uh, went through and spoke with a number of various um, uh, experts in this field of investment and whatever yesterday, and then hit the books. So let me just go through basically where we are today as you're waking up this morning, because the Fed did make some moves uh, last night. The government made some moves last night, and uh, the attempt on making these moves is to shore up everybody and to give everybody uh, the entire banking system relies, of course, on trust and confidence. And so um, their move last night was to give us trust and confidence. And I want to tell you what they did last night, and then I'll retrack and tell you how we got here. Let's do that first. So regulators went in last night, and they have come in with a plan to backstop the deposits at these various banks. There's two. There was one. Uh, actually, there's three in total. One closed down last week. That was a cryptocurrency situation. Then you had Friday's mess with SRV or Silicon Valley, SVB. I'm sorry, uh, Silicon Valley out in uh, in in uh, California. And then yesterday you had one in New York again, another cryptocurrency situation. So here's where we are. The officials have said that they're going to come in, they're going to unwind the Silicon Valley and Signature Bank. That was the one Saturday and Sunday signature. And that anybody who has deposits in those banks will have complete and total access to their funds. And that includes those deposits that are over $250,000. As you well know, uh, an account is insured up to $250,000 by the FDIC, which started back during the Great Depression and the, the amounts have grown over time as we have grown as a country. Uh, they started out at $2,500 limits back in 1933, and it's grown to now $250,000, which came about in 2008. That was made permanent in the uh, 250000 was made permanent in 2010. So that's the history of where we are. That's per account per person, right? And so a lot of these people with with the Silicon Valley Bank... More than 90% of their depositors were way over the 250 limit. It was a venture capitalist bank. It is a venture capitalist bank. It's a very unique situation. And a lot of venture capitalists had their money in there. And they had millions upon millions of dollars in there. And they started to call on that money on Friday, hitting send and saying, I want my money on Friday because they saw some some insecurity in the bank. And that's why the government had to step in with still five hours of operation to go. So that's how bad it was for Silicon Valley Bank that the government stepped in before. Usually they wait until the bank closes at five before they step in. So basically... They are setting up a separate facility that's going to provide loans to the banks for one year, for one year, to carry the people that are in there, okay? So depositors at Silicon Valley and Signature Bank will have full access to all their money because this separate entity, not the government, the separate entity, is it's not a bailout per se. And the separate entity is coming in and guaranteeing those deposits. Now, the president is expected to speak this morning. I believe it's at 7 o'clock our time. 
And if that does happen at 7 o'clock, whenever it happens, we'll carry it. We'll find a way. Uh, Those with money at the bank will have full access to their funds today. Now, the Treasury Department has said that both uh, SVP, Silicon Valley, and, uh, and Signature were systemic risk. So they gave it authority to unwind both of those banks, said it fully protects all depositors. And so with the FDIC, the Deposit Insurance Fund, that's going to be used to cover up to the 250 cap on guaranteed deposits. And then they've got a new bank term funding program that will safeguard anything over the 250, apparently. This is how we understand it working. This came out late last night. So it's how we understand this is going to work. Uh, no bailouts, no taxpayer money going to go into this at all. The problem, of course, with bailouts, if you put taxpayer money at risk, that encourages more of the banks to be more risky, take on more risk, and uh, and then you, you'll have multiple failures as, as long as they figure the taxpayers are going to be there. So we should not do bailouts. These were very risky because they were venture capitalists. And if you know anything about venture capitalists, and I happen to know both from studying and from investing in companies that are venture capitalist companies. It's risky. You take a risk. These are startups. The more risk that you take, the more chance for failure there is, but that's how a capitalist system works. Now, when you take that risk, you have to understand that that failure is part of it, and you can't be willing to risk more than you're willing to lose. And so that does happen in our system. We cannot and should never, ever get into a situation where all risk is guaranteed. In other words, if I risk a million dollars on something, that should not be a guarantee. I should be willing to give up that million dollars, but I should also reap the rewards of that million dollars if it it hits. That's how we have innovation. That's how we move forward. That's how you have the cool stuff in your pocket. Okay, and around your house. And that's basically what this bank was. It was a bank of people. This is a unique situation. A bank of people who were investing in really cool, new, innovative stuff. Uh, For many reasons, it began to fail on Friday. Now, I'm going to backtrack and we're going to talk more specifically about this particular bank after the break and tell you basically what happened so but the government says what they're doing today is going to be enough to stop any contagion in the system from taking down any more banks and make sure that you know all of our money is safe and no panic and not to worry and not to run and don't make this 1929 all over again and and people if the panic catches hold that could happen but there's i i have found just personally me I make my worst financial decisions when I'm panicked. So I sit and I watch and I wait and I try to, as much as I can, stay ahead of it by being diversified. I've always believed in being diversified and spread out. That way if something gets hit, the other thing is okay. So that's where we are. The The government has put together a non-bailout system that will backstop these depositors to make sure that today they have access to their money even beyond the $250,000 limit. Now, what is Silicon Valley Bank? And what the heck happened? And how secure is the system? We'll talk about that when we come back. Trey Ware, KTSA. Hey, y'all, this is your girl, Cheryl Underwood, and I want to tell you something. Allison Chains, I'm the man in the box. Coming right at the speakers. <laughs> yeah. Five twenty one now, five fifty KTSA FM one oh seven one and the Trayware page at KTSA.com. Now our government and what they did uh, last night it did not or has sent a message very strongly that depositors at that bank and throughout the system can trust the banking system in America, which that's what the banking system built on. <laughs> we used to have banks called such and such trust and security and uh, confidence and all those kind of things they would say in there in their commercials and without the confidence of the american people we have these banks that nobody will 
put money in. <laughs> and we have to have a solid commercial banking system, and we always have. We've always had a solid commercial banking system uh, that's different than what we're talking about here. We're talking about this is, was an investment bank, venture capitalist bank. Our government did the right thing for the country and stepping in the way that they have. So what do we do? Well, the first thing I would say, and I'll, this is kind of a side note, is stop the nonsense that this was called by, uh, caused by Trump and the Republicans. Screw off Bernie Sanders, okay? I just heard him in the news say that Trump and the Republicans did it. No, Trump and the Republicans had nothing to do this. That's lazy, okay? And it's lazy on ABC, and it's lazy on Bernie Sanders to be putting that out there. It had nothing to do with Trump or Republicans. So stop the nonsense. Stop the the political nonsense on it. This was the result of several factors coming into play. One of which began when the Fed started to hand out free money everywhere. Started to throw money in the system. Quantitative easing, one, two, three, and four. And money, 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 and money. And let's just print money. And print money and print money and kept putting it into the system. And all that money started to find its way. And all that COVID money started to find. Remember COVID? And remember all the money that Biden has spent? That's, that's one of the reasons Bernie Sanders is blaming Trump and the Republicans. Because a lot of this can be laid right at, at Biden's feet for all the money he spent post-COVID. The banks had all that cash, and they started to put that cash, started to buy bonds and securities with the cash. This is getting a little wonky, but I promise I'm not going to get too far there. So when they did, they were buying those bonds and securities at about 0.25 interest rate. 0.25. Remember when interest rates were nothing? Now interest rates between 4 and 7%. So the ones they bought at 0.25 are kind of like, who wants that? So they're sitting on about $620 billion nationwide of those bonds and securities that they really can't do anything with because nobody wants them. Everybody wants the 4 and the 5 and the 6 and the 7% bonds and securities, not the 0.25s. So there's about $620 billion in exposure out there as far as that is concerned. In this, and, and that was because they were pouring all that money into the system. In this particular case... Silicon Valley Bank was a huge bank. It was the 16th largest in America. It provided financing for about half of U.S. venture-backed technology and healthcare companies. And as the interest rates began to go up, you had dwindling venture capital because it cost more to borrow. So they had fewer customers coming in to borrow. Now, when I say customers, I'm not talking about like you and I going and borrowing 50 grand for a car. We're talking about going in 50, 60 million for a venture capitalist to start a business. So with the higher interest rates, you had that going on. The venture capitalists weren't going in the way that they were. So it was, uh, it was a biggie. Over 90% of their deposits, over 90% of their deposits were over the 250 limit. And why is that? Why do you, you say, well, you know, that's dumb. You know, I keep it under the 250. Well, when you're a business and like a venture capitalist business, you can't spread your money all over creation, uh, trying to protect it and keep all of your accounts under two. You'd have a million accounts everywhere trying to keep them under $250,000 each. So, yes, people do risk and they put money in there that's above the 250 limit. This is the largest shutdown of a U.S. bank since Washington Mutual in 2008, and that's what kind of sent the panic through the, through, through the system. People are like, oh, no, it's 2008 again. I need to go get my money. What happened was last Wednesday, they announced that they had sold a bunch of their securities at a loss. i just talking about those securities at a loss, right? They're sitting on those securities that they bought at the low interest rates, and it's a loss to them already, even though they haven't sold them, kind of like your car. Your car sitting in your garage is a loss to you. And they had these securities basically like that. They still they still have those securities sitting there. A lot of them do. Well, this bank decided to sell them. And when they did, it caused a panic with some of their investors and some of their depositors, and they started to hit send. They didn't line up. They hit send and said, give me my money. So that's when the FDIC came in mid-morning Friday with still five hours left, which is extraordinary. So basically, with the rapid inflation that's been going on in the Biden administration, again, if Sanders wants to blame anybody, blame Joe. 
The central bank has been raising interest rates since 2022, and it made borrowing for businesses and individuals more expensive. So when the interest rates were near zero, the banks bought out all those low-risk treasuries I was talking about. As the rates rose, the value of those assets fell. So this bank was selling them off. So across the U.S., customers hold about $151 billion in uninsured deposits at the end of 2022. And their latest report, the foreign deposits were about $14 billion or so. Companies like Roku had $487 million in there. Most of those deposits, obviously, uninsured because that's well above the 250000 The Dow went down 345 points on Friday. The S&P went down a, 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 about a percentage and a half. Uh, and for the week, the Dow went down 4.4%. It's, it's now trending back into positive territory after what the government announced. So bottom line is, don't want to bore you with a lot of this, but it's important because a lot of you got money at the bank. Don't want you to panic. Don't want you to freak out. Uh, the government has stepped in to shore up those deposits at that bank, and they are saying that with this creation that they have come up with uh, last night, it's not a bailout. But it is an opportunity to cover those deposits at Silicon Valley Bank. You have to decide what you're going to do on your own. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here on the radio because I don't know your situation. There's no way I can say, you know, do this or do that or don't do this or, or don't do that. Um, I'm not in a panic mode. You know, uh, I'm diversified enough that I'm not. I'm not at all freaking out. I'm watching everything closely and I'm studying. And like I told you, I spent about 12 hours on the phone yesterday with people who do know what's going on. So that's basically where we are. I don't know if that helped at all or not, but that's what happened beginning on Friday. That brought us to where we are today and when what is happening and uh, where we go forward from here. We'll, we'll hear from the president. Again, they're saying around 7 o'clock our time, 8 o'clock Eastern time. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But whenever it happens, we'll have it on for you. Do not. Go to Mexico. No entrada to Mexico. Why? Well, I, we're going to tell you. Coming right back. Trey Ware, KTSA. Stop dealing with constant tooth pain and stop. TSA, Trey Ware here. It's Monday, 210-599-5555. Significant safety threat, says the Department of Public Safety. Drug cartel violence and other criminal activity representing a significant safety threat to anyone who crosses into Mexico. Based on the volatile nature of cartel activity and the violence we are seeing there, we are urging individuals to avoid travel to Mexico at this time. Criminal groups target public and private passenger buses, as well as private automobiles, traveling through the various areas, often taking passengers, demanding ransom payments. In fact, remember last week, you know, you had the four go down there and two came back? What happened? Why were they so? Why did the government really take a big interest in them? And why were they? Hey, get us back! We want those four back. When in fact, there were two, three women from Texas who went to Mexico a couple of weeks ago to go to a flea market. They've been missing. Government didn't freak out about them. Por qué? But anyway, uh, Texas Department of Public Safety saying, "Stay out of Mexico. Don't go down there." Meanwhile, they're all coming here. Don't go to Mexico because Mexico is coming here. A group of at least 1,000 migrants rushing the El Paso de Rote Bridge, linking New Mexico to the United States in El Paso. Migrants of all ages pressing toward the fence at the border. Russian, bum rushing the country. That's what you call an invasion. What do you do to an invasion, invading force, ladies and gentlemen? We're being invaded in the United States of America. And Joe Biden is cool with it. In fact, here's the best press secretary in the history of the United States of America. Cut number one, Jimmy is Corinne Jean-Pierre explaining the border and why it is the way it is. Roll it. What we are going to promise is that we're going to do this. We're going to move forward with a with a uh, with this kind of system, this immigration system that has been gutted, really, truly gutted by the last administration. We're going to move forward and do it in a humane way. We're going to do it in a safe way, uh, and we're going to do it in the way that moves us forward. And so, what we have been seeing, what we've been dealing with, again, is trying to fix the damage that the last administration do did. What we have done is we've ex- we've Open the path uh, to. Uh, we've opened the path to, to make sure that people have a way to um, to get you know to come through and do it in a legal pathway. <laughs> she just stupid. 
there is you can't there is no other word to describe her other than stupid and if you say that's racist you're stupid too she closes her eyes when she knows she's lying yeah. if you study the speech com of her she never she always closes her eyes incredible when she knows she's lying yeah well she's just stupid that's it and that has nothing to do with her race or the fact that she's a black lesbian she's just stupid and uh, so there you go. The, the last administration. It's it's like Bernie Sanders blaming uh, Trump for the bank failure in California. These people are they don't you know they're they're lazy. Number one, right? They don't do work, and uh, and all it takes is just to do a little bit. I you know yesterday I spent my entire day working on this banking thing to understand it and die drill down in it so that we could have a intelligent conversation about it these people can't have an intelligent conversation about a brown paper bag they really can't now anthony fauci is another one anthony fauci i think the truth is catching up with him and i think he knows that the truth is catching up with him and now he's twisting himself into a pretzel trying to trying to make a claim that oh yeah a coronavirus lab leak could still be considered a natural encourage. <laughs> Here's the Fouch. Yep, number two. So one of the things that people maybe don't fully appreciate, that all of the intelligence agencies agree unanimously that this was not engineered. Namely, they didn't deliberately do this to make a bioweapon. Everybody agrees with that. No matter what your prior thoughts were, everybody agrees with that. No, they don't. A lab leak could be that someone was out in the wild, oh. maybe looking for different types of viruses oh. and bats, got infected, went into a lab, <laughs> and was being studied in a lab, oh. and then it came out of the lab. But if that's the definition of a lab leak, Jim, then that still is a natural occurrence. Oh. Okay, stop, 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 stop. All right, so first of all, his premise is, and that's good for now, Jimmy. We'll get some more later. But the, his premise is, okay, nobody nobody thinks this was created in a lab as a bioweapon and released. Well, that's not true. There are a lot of people, including myself, that believes this is engineered in a lab and, and released on purpose. So first of all, he's lying there. But Fauci has lied to this entire thing, and he's made millions of dollars off of it, okay? His family's made millions of dollars off of it. And the second thing he's now saying is, yeah, you could have a lab leak, see, because really what happens is um, 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 somebody goes out in the wild and they get bitten by bats, see, and, and, and then they go into the lab and, and they're in the lab and, and then after they got bit by the bat, they're infected in the lab because they were out playing with bats, see, and then they come in and, and they got it. And then it and then it breaks out from the lab from there. It doesn't mean anybody made it in the lab. They just got bit by a bat in a while. Uh, I wasn't great at statistics, but I'm going to put the statistical probability of that at zero. <laughs> uh, zero. He's making crap up. And Congressman Jim Comer over the weekend said he's making crap up because we have the intelligence reports and everything that he is saying is in direct opposition of what the intelligence reports are saying. I think Fauci is in a big move to cover his ass now because he realizes the truth is catching up with him and he could go to jail. We'll see. I doubt it, but he could. And so... He's very, very worried, and he's making crap up. It's kind of like, you know, John Lovett's thing on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, that's the ticket. Yeah. Right? Fauci now sounds a lot like Lovett from Saturday Night Live, The Lying Man, where he just makes crap up. He's making it up. He's pulling it out of his butt and putting it on TV, hoping that you buy it, hoping that somebody buys it. And the left will. Remember, you're in the truth bubble. We're talking truth over here. The lie bubble's out there, and people in the lie bubble, they're going to believe this nonsense from him and from Corrine Jean-Pierre that Trump called the border, caused the border crisis, 
and uh, and and from Bernie Sanders that Trump called the bank fa- caused the bank failure and on and on and on the nonsense of the lies go. But now I'm pointing it out to you, so when you hear it and when you see it, you know that that's a lie. Back in just a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Hey, it's David Van Camp. I'm here with. And it's 5.52 now, KTSA, 210-599-5555. So in the about 12 hours that I invested in this bank thing yesterday to really understand it, I spoke with higher-ups at a number of banks across the country. Um, yes, they were working all weekend. Uh, I spoke with uh, higher-ups at venture capitalist firms because this was a venture capitalist bank. I wanted to understand that. Uh, just uh, m- More than just... Uh, being an investor in some venture capitalist companies, as I am, I wanted to understand it from the other side to see what was going on. I wanted to try to get a complete picture of this. So I tell you simply what's happening here without making it all wonky and getting off in the weeds because it could really, you can, uh, banking stuff just puts you to sleep, man. Spent the entire day on this yesterday, uh, studying, reading, and then, of course, talking with uh, the, the higher-ups at a number of institutions across the country so that I would understand uh, what, what basically is going on. And uh, the government stepped in last night, not with a what they're terming a traditional bailout like they did in 2008, where they came in and they shored up those accounts in the bailout in 2008 to try to keep some of those institutions going and keep it from uh, becoming a systemic failure. Uh, they did bail out banks in 2008. This is different in that they are using the bank's money to shore up those accounts. In other words, the money that was invested in like FDIC and whatever, they're creating this new kind of system to be able to pay those depositors above their 250,000 uh limit. And it's very uh it's very interesting when you take a look at people that had more than that that amount of money in there, $250,000. Uh that's a common occurrence when you're talking about people in the in the investment uh industry. What you had here was a bank that Greater than ninety percent of their deposits were above the two hundred and fifty thousand dollar limit that's guaranteed by the uh, FDIC. FDIC, of course, as you probably know from the history, started in nineteen thirty three during the Great Depression. It was a twenty five hundred dollar limit. Then, over time, it grew. It got to two thousand and eight, where we shot up to two hundred and fifty thousand. That was temporary, but then in, in twenty ten, they made the two hundred and fifty thousand per person per account um, a, a permanent situation. So it, this does not. By all accounts of my talking with people all day yesterday, look anything like 2008, that this is more of an isolated situation, but it is something to be on top of, to be aware of, and to know what was going on. And basically, with this specific bank, Silicon Valley, they had um, a situation where they had to go out and sell some of their securities. Now, the securities that they had purchased when the Fed was dumping a lot of money into the system and when Joe Biden dumped a lot of money in the system post-pandemic, they were buying those at low interest rates, like 0.25. Well, now the interest rates, you know, between 4 and 7%, so nobody wants those securities and those bonds and those treasuries that are at 0.25. They want the ones that are over 4%, obviously, because you want to make more money off of them. So they've got a bunch of that stuff that has no value. I... To make it real simple, I look at it like you, you buy a car and it begins to depreciate. It sits in your garage, depreciating, depreciating. You haven't sold the car, but you've already taken a loss on the car. <laughs> it's worth less than what you paid for it. It's not as valuable. That's it, it might be a poor analogy, but to help understand, that's basically what it is. These guys are sitting on a bunch of 0.25% securities and bonds that nobody wants. It's about $620 billion of that. In the in the system, anyway, don't want to get off on that, but I don't want I want you to understand why. So they started to sell some of their securities and bonds last week, and that's when their investors, venture capitalists, this was the 16th largest bank in America. This is the second largest failure next to Washington Mutual in 2008. So big big bank, big failure. But now regulators have stepped in and they've said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to backstop and guarantee everything, all the deposits in there, and not use taxpayer money to do it, which none of us wants, because that increases banks that are going to make trouble. So none of us want that. So they're going to jump in with this other deal that's paid for through the banking funds to shore up 
those other accounts and make sure that those depositors can get their money out of there. And they want to instill confidence in the system so that nobody freaks out. And we have 1929 all over again with people running on banks. The banking system in America is built on faith and trust and confidence. And that's why we have to stop the political nonsense. Bernie Sanders this morning it's caused by Trump and the Republicans. Shut up. It was not. All that money. We, we've talked about it for years. All that money that was being poured in the system, the, the hens were going to come home to roost eventually. When the Fed started to raise the interest rates, then a lot of those venture capitalists didn't have the ease of access to the money like they did at low interest rates, so they stopped coming and getting loans. And that's basically how this thing started. And they, that bank decided to sell some of those securities, and that freaked those guys out on Friday. And they went in and got their money out, and the regulators had to come in about five hours before closing on Friday to, to shut it down and take control. There's another one that they took over Sunday, but it's a, that's a cryptocurrency bank, and those things, you talk about risk. You talk about risky. So that's basically what happened here and where we are as of this morning. And, you know, we could get more detailed on it, but that's just basically uh, how, how things uh, stand this morning. We're supposed to hear from the president around 7 is what they said earlier today, which would be 8 o'clock their time. Whatever. I don't know if it's actually going to happen at 7. When it happens, we'll have it for you. Meanwhile... We're coming back local in the next half hour. Another great businessman is going to join us to talk about Proposition A. Coming up, Treyware KTSA. This is Mark Sadowski for more on the banking situation coming up a little bit later on this half hour. In the next half hour, Carl Eggers will join me creating RichardLives.com. And we're going to talk about how it's uh, affected the stock market so far. And the stock market's coming back. Uh, it took a big hit on Friday after the situation from Silicon Valley Bank really started to break. But that's turning now as far as the stock market is concerned because of the backstop that's been put into place without using taxpayer money to bail this bank out so far. There are still, I'm going to tell you right now, there's still a lot of unknowns about this situation, a lot of things that could happen um, that could, you know, could be a negative impact on a lot of people. Uh, nothing is for sure as of right now, but they have taken some steps to guarantee those deposits so people can get their money even above 250000 I'm going to go through all that, as I did in the last hour, to make sure everybody completely understands what's going on so we don't have a panic uh, going through the system today in an isolated incident that will affect people throughout the country because, and this is, I, I believe, why the backstop is put in place. There's a lot of people out there that work for these startups and these innovative companies and they may not get a paycheck for you know a week or two weeks that was the concern well if they can get to their deposits now and can get to their money and get access to their money then those people will get paid and you won't have to worry about that so we'll see where all that plays out the president's supposed to speak we were told at about seven o'clock this morning i don't know i can't guarantee that's the time that's what we were told we'll watch it Whenever it happens, we'll get to it. More on that coming up. We've got a lot of ground to cover on all that and a lot of news that's uh, going on today. Trey Ware here on KTSA. You've heard me take a very public stance against this Proposition A. And I believe when you go soft on crime, you get more crime. And I believe this is being done intentionally. And one of the results is going to be to demoralize our police. By going soft on crime, that's exactly what happens. Let me give you an idea of what I'm talking about. I've told you many times about Portland. I've talked a lot about Seattle. And the other cities across America that have gone soft on crime with the exact same policy that they're trying to put into effect downtown. It's coming up on the May ballot. Well, let me tell you about St. Louis. 819 St. Louis police officers have left the department since D.A. Kim Gardner, and, and I'm going to put in Soros at the end of her name because she was put in there by George Soros since she's following his soft on crime policies since she took office in 2017. They are hemorrhaging police officers up there. She's soft on crime. She refuses to prosecute cases. Hello. That's what we got going on here. Police officers are then put on a list if they speak out, and it's called the biased list. Uh-huh. That's why they're trying to put in a justice director over the police department here to put police officers on a biased list. You're, you're biased. You're a biased officer. So what's happening in St. Louis shrinking the criminal justice system's footprint in coordination with Soros's Vera Institute of Justice. That's happening here as well. 
And one of the most egregious things that they do is they investigate the criminal histories of victims of victims of crime and they talk about well this guy you know he had a, a rap sheet and he turned out to be a victim of crime so you know and you've heard this before here in san antonio you know this crime only happens because people are doing risky things because they're criminals doing risky things you've heard that a million times here in san antonio haven't you this is going to be horrible for business in our town and it's going to be horrible for individuals as well we're talking with business men and women about this and learning more about it and one of san antonio's greatest companies of all time is documation you heard them advertise here on ktsa and throughout other places in the city they're a wonderful employer they do a great job and preston wolfuck is uh, the ceo and owner and he's joining me here on the stevens roofing newsmaker hotline and preston it's great to talk to you this morning Hey, good morning, Trey. Thank you so much for those kind words. I appreciate it. Well, it's absolutely uh, it's absolutely true about you guys, and I'm um, I- I'm really concerned about this, Preston, and the effect that it's going to have not only on individuals in our community but on businesses. Huge impact on businesses, I believe. Oh, totally agree. Um, this is a huge problem, especially for um, you know somebody like our company won't be affected as much. But think of our retail friends, you yes. know, people that have storefront property. Um, downtown um, in the stricter urban denser places um, it's a huge issue right if you're going to take these mandates and lower them and make it easier to commit crime in our city it just doesn't make much sense well and that is the point right we're all interconnected so you're selling to retail customers who then are going to face these people coming in and busting into their stores and stealing from them because they can get away with it 750 per offense per person which means they can do it multiple times and we don't even Preston, we don't have to guess at this because we see it happening in all all of the cities that put this into place oh 100 percent. i mean we're looking at what just happened in Chicago, right? Um, what is this, the first time to not reelect a mayor in the last 40 years due to these policies that haven't helped in Chicago and made it a more dangerous city? We've seen it in New Orleans, like you mentioned, San Francisco. Um, we're seeing it in certain cities across the country that is making it easier to commit crime. Um, there's got to be a better way, better way to get around this and to solve this issue, and it's not making it easier to commit crime. And we, we just go 72 miles to the north in Austin, and we see this playing out in Austin every single day. They have, since the beginning of this year, they have lost 77 police officers. They're down somewhere around 300 fewer police officers than what they say they need to keep Austin safe, and, and the hemorrhaging is continuing. Here, I'm being told by people at, uh, at Danny Diaz and others, San Antonio Police Officers Association, tell me that now guys are retiring after five years instead of 25 years, which used to be the norm. We have empty classes for intake and people are, are not signing up to become police officers and it's understandably why it's understandable why so here we're facing this police officer shortage uh in 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 something that's really demoralizing to police when they can't even do their job and we need stronger policing in san antonio not softer not weaker policing correct yeah and in the last two years we've continued to target our police officers making it harder and harder for them to do their job um, yes, we obviously want a safer San Antonio for everybody. And yes, we want very effective police department. Um, but we already have a great city, right? And we need to do everything possible to keep that the exact same way it has been for a long time, but also improve the, the quality of life for everybody in it at the same time. You know, um, you, I just don't think this is the right way. Yeah, you know? no, I don't either. And, and you as a business owner, you understand what it takes to, to start up a business, and you have to have a very strong and safe and secure community. That's one of the first things, if not the first thing, that business owners look at, whether they're move-in businesses or start-up businesses, how safe and how strong is the community, what's the education level like, all of those things that are considered that go into the mix. I'm a business guy. I too and i i have to look at the exact same stuff and when you see a city go soft on crime and you see smashing grabs that are going on you see retail establishments that are being raided you see people smashing windows in cars stealing stuff out of cars tagging on businesses increase all the stuff that we see in all these cities and fewer and fewer police officers well, there's no reason you, you can't make a wise decision you can't go back to your investors and say hey i this this is a good this is a wise investment this city I, this is where we need to be you can't do that when soft on crime policies are in play oh totally correct and i mean what's one of the main goals of a city right a city is there to create safety it's create a public police department it's to secure business interests it's to make sure that you can um, effectively have rule and law of order 
in your city. And this is one of those foundational aspects. And uh, it just doesn't make much sense, right? Overall, the entire bill, the whole Prop A, the Charter Amendment, it's trying to overturn something that is mandated by the state and the federal levels. And overall, it's kind of useless. That's kind of the thing that kind of catches me when you look over the whole thing. Um, It doesn't have much teeth, and it doesn't make much common sense for our business community, for our citizens. And ultimately, we all know who this is going to hurt. This is going to hurt our um, any of our areas that are economically impoverished. Um, It's not really going to hit home with what you're really trying to accomplish. It's just going to make what you already have worse. It's going to make it much worse. And um, we don't need to be the pilots on this one. Like you said, we just look around at other cities across the nation and we see the problems that are already occurring there due to actions like this. Thanks for your courage to speak out, Preston. I appreciate you. I appreciate documentation of what you guys do in San Antonio as well. And we'll speak again soon. Thanks, Dre. Take care. That's uh, Preston Wolfhook from over at Documation. All right, so when we come back, more on the banking system and what's going on with the uh, Silicon Valley Bank. I've got that for you coming up here, Trey Ware, KTSA, for Foundation Support Specialists. Hey, we're going to have a little rain maybe this week. That'll be nice. Foundations need a little bit of rain. But when it gets dry, I was talking to a guy on, on Saturday, lives in the clay area, right? And all that clay was cracking around his foundation. He knows he needs to get in touch with foundationsupportspecialist.com and have them come out and take a look at his foundation. If you've noticed that as well, whether it's black gumbo or whatever, you <laughs> clay, whatever, you need to make sure that you get a free inspection of your foundation from Foundation Support Specialists. They always offer free uh, foundation uh, inspections so that you don't have you, you have peace of mind. You don't have to worry about whether or not you're having a foundation problem. Sometimes you can see it, cracks in the wall and the ceiling, stuff like the floor. You can see some of that, but a lot of times you can't. And so this is why they offer a free foundation inspection. And if you need work, that work is guaranteed for the life of the structure with a transferable warranty. That's foundationsupportspecialist.com. Sun and clouds today and tomorrow with highs both days right around 70-ish. Right now, it's 55 KTSA. Good morning and continue. Thick and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. I know, baby. It's a 621. Trey Ware, KTSA. Thanks for listening. I, uh, I take what I do seriously. I think you deserve that. And that you depend on what I say to a certain degree. And that's I take that responsibility seriously is what I'm saying. So yesterday I invested about 12 hours into this Silicon Valley Bank situation to understand it. And Signature Bank as well. That's a totally separate component to all this. The Signature Bank that they took over yesterday. I was a cryptocurrency bank and there's going to be a lot of trouble with the cryptocurrency stuff for for quite some time to come. So let's isolate that for just a second, and let's talk specifically about the Silicon Bank situation. And I'm not going to get all in the weeds on this. This is just basics of of where we are with this thing uh, as of this morning. Of course, on Friday, uh, people wanted their deposits out of the bank because the bank made a couple of moves that showed some concern for the solvency and strength of the bank. And so people started to call in for their money and then the feds had to come in with about five hours left in the business day which is unusual they usually do that after the bank is closed down for the day so they moved in and they took charge and they are going to use now what they came what they decided they tried all weekend what they were looking for somebody to buy it and they even shopped it to elon musk believe it or not they were trying to they looked at bank of america they were trying to find at least one institute that would pick this bank up and then they talked about let's break it up over the weekend and let's sell off the assets and let's let's move forward what you have basically is a bunch of startup money venture capitalist money that's in this bank that was the vast majority of their business was venture capitalist money and so these companies that are innovative and creating new stuff they take a lot of risk right but with the rising interest rates to stop the inflation that's going on out there, with the interest rates going up and going up and going up, their IPOs and the people who were investing in that started to dry up. So their business started to go to The bank's business started to go down. While at the same time, they got a whole bunch of bonds and securities that they bought at .25 that nobody wants anymore because everybody wants the four five and six percent on the other bonds that's basically where they are so they came to a deal yesterday where they said okay what we're gonna do is we got a hundred billion dollar fund that the banks pay into the banks have put the money in the hundred billion dollar fund 
So everybody's covered at 250 okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to take that $100 billion that the banks have paid into, not taxpayer money, and we're going to use that to cover those above. Let me give you one example. Roku. Do you have Roku at home, the, te- the streaming television? Okay. They had about 460, somewhere around there, round numbers, 460 million in that bank. As you can tell, that's way above the 250,000, right? So what the government is saying is we're going to use that 100 billion that the banks have paid into, the account they have created, we're going to use that to shore up all of these other deposits. Because not only do they not want this to be a systemic situation running through the other banks and people panicking in 1929, let me go get my money, they want to assure everybody that the money is covered. But number two, the other thing they want to do is say to those venture capitalists, you can cover your payroll. For the mama in Ohio who is working for the venture capitalists and she's concerned, am I going to get a paycheck Yes, you're going to get a paycheck. One of the worst things you could have happen is for this to go not systemically throughout the banking system. We know what that's like. We all were alive in 2008. What we're talking about here is going through and a ton, tens of thousands of people losing their jobs that work for these startups. That's the real danger, and that's why they're using this money to say, hey, you're going to be able to get your money. That's what. That's basically where it is. That's a real thumbnail sketch. There's a whole lot of detail, a whole lot of weeds we can get into, but no, I don't want to put you back to sleep. So, Steve, you're on KTSA. Good morning. So, good morning. Uh, so, Trey, it's my understanding from the very little research I did this weekend on this deal, because you start hearing a lot of stuff, yeah. that occasionally banks fail. This is really not a big deal that occasionally banks fail. I think the last ones that failed were either in 19 or 20. And then the other thing that I heard that is a little more, I heard there's rumors that the risk manager for this particular bank is a woke woman who is more interested in wokeism than she is in fiscal sound uh, banking moves, you know, uh, fiscal mm-hmm. responsi- responsibly mm-hmm responsible right. moves right so do you have you heard anything of that has I sure anyone have. else heard anything? I, I sure have e- esg was a very uh a, a prominent part of of their business model she calls herself a black queer lesbian that's what she calls herself not it's not my word for her uh but yes that they put a lot of emphasis on that that is part of and i know ramaswamy is very upset about that and I, I agree with him that is part of it, but that didn't cause this failure of the bank. The failure of the bank was caused by, this is a venture capitalist bank. A lot of that venture capitalist and IPO stuff has started to dry up now because interest rates are going up. They, for whatever reason, these investors were not prepared for that, and it's going to cost them. The investors are going to go, the investors are going to lose their money, not the depositors. On the depositors' side, they're going to get their money back, but the investors and those bondholders, they're, they're out. They're going to lose their money out of this deal. And that's that's the yeah. risk. You, you, you're talking about banks fail and, and the risk. Well, that's the risk. It makes this makes sense. You do not ever want to get into where the government is assuming the risk for individuals, as Joe is trying to do with with the student loan debt. No, you don't ever want it because the risk has no limits. Then, so now the government is saying we're not going to assume that risk. The banks paid into the fund. The banks have to cover this. That's where we are with this. So we'll see how it all works out. I mean, there's a lot of a lot, a lot of stuff that could go wrong but we'll see it seems like the right way to go to me at this point steve but i can't guarantee anything you know what i'm saying yeah the thing the thing that troubles me though is again i think this is just further proof again because if it is about risk and she's the risk manager and she wasn't paying attention the way she it just shows me that affirmative action diversity inclusion equity all of those things have been proven beyond a sure. doubt that they're sure. just abject failures sure. and i and i can't argue that but what i am saying is that was not the primary cause of this so the, right. the pri- yeah the primary cause is 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 the interest rates that are you, you and i have talked many times over the years about all the free money with quantitative easing one two and three the fed was putting out there and the chickens were going to come home to roost when the fed started to go up those interest rates and that's what's happened the fed started to go up on those interest rates and a lot of those loans started to dry up and without that loan and that liquidity coming through well banks don't that's what that's how they run so without that loan without those loans that liquidity and that business out there because of the higher interest rates that's 
what they're facing. Plus, the bonds and securities that they bought at .25, people don't want anymore. People want the four, five, and six bonds and securities. And by the way, throughout the entire system, there's about $630 billion of those bonds that banks hold right now. They haven't sold them, but they're devalued from where they bought them years ago because interest rates have gone up. So it's kind of like, again, kind of like your car. You buy your car, it sits in the garage. You haven't sold it. You still own that car, but the value's gone down. That's what's happened to a lot of their bonds as well. All right, got to take the break. When we come back, more... And I got to tell you about Quarter Moon Plumbing, Heat and AC, Quarter Moon, great people over there. Uh, Joel and his entire team will work every day to make sure your AC is working, to make sure your furnace is ready, to make sure your plumbing doesn't spring a leak. And if any of that ever happens to you, it's one call that does it all at Quarter Moon Plumbing, Heat and AC for quality service, quality products, and quality people. That's what you want, and that's what Quarter Moon is all about at 210-651-5899. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Day or night, weekends or holidays, they're going to be there to help you with a plumbing issue, with your A.C. quitting. You got a sound coming from your A.C. You don't know what it is. Okay, you can call them. They'll come out and check all that out for you. And they'll do it quickly and get on the way so you can get on with your life. That's Quarter Moon Plumbing, Heat, and A.C. at 210-651-5899. Have you considered solar for your home? Good podcasts. All right, it's 638 now at 550 KTSA FM 1071, the Tradeware page, KTSA.com. On top of the banking stuff, we'll get into more of that, how it affects the stock market. It affected in a huge way on Friday. Dow futures are, are down about 66 right now. Carl Eggers is going to join us a tad early this morning. Uh, a thousand or so illegal aliens bum-rushed in an invasion down at our southern border. And, uh, well, uh, yeah, they thought they could get away with it. And Corrine Jean-Pierre is here to explain it all to us. Take it what away, What we babe. are going to promise is that we're going to do this. We're going to move forward with a... With a uh, uh, with this kind of system, this immigration system that has been gutted, really, truly gutted by the last administration. We're going to move forward and do it in a humane way. We're going to do it in a safe way. Uh, and we're going to do it in the way that moves us forward. And so what we have been seeing, what we've been dealing with, again, is trying to fix the damage that the last administration do, did. What we have done is we've ex- we've opened the path uh, to, uh, we've opened the path to, to make sure that people have a way to, um, to get you know to come through and do it in a legal pathway you're stupid um so when trump was in office nine thousand a year nine thousand a year since trump left office we're up to about eight million illegal aliens that have been welcomed into this country she's just stupid i would say she's dumb as a rock but you know what that'd be unfair to rocks so i'm not going to not going to do that. And it has not, by the way, if you think that's racist, has anything to do with her skin, well, then you're racist. It has nothing to do with her skin or the fact she's a black lesbian or any of that stuff. It has nothing to do with that. She just dumb. That's all there is to it. Biden has indefinitely blocked millions of acres of land and water from future oil drilling. Well, there's a shocker. We're talking 16 million acres of land that he has taken off the market, and you cannot drill there up in the Alaska area. Totally political decision, not based on any kind of science or anything like that. And the administration says, with these actions, President Biden continues to deliver on the most aggressive climate agenda in American history. Yeah, while wrecking the American economy and and our freedoms. He's doing that. Meanwhile, his energy secretary, Jana, Jennifer Granholm, says China is wonderful in their move to to shore up um, the world and, and take care of the world. And green. China's doing a great job. They're opening coal plants like three a day. So this administration is full of just you-know-what. DeSantis's memoir sold more copies in its first week than all the books from Trump, Obama, and Clinton combined, baby. Uh-huh. The man is on fire. Jane Fonda has been facing some uh, some scrutiny. She said on The View the other day she wants to murder pro-lifists. And now, because people said, you can't say that. She's, well, I, you know, I said it in jest. But then the look belied that. She said, no, I really didn't. Canadian Catholic high school student Josh Alexander was kicked out of Canadian Catholic high school for saying men and women are different. Men and women are different and they kicked him out all right quick break when we come back we'll talk more about the banking situation and how it uh, how it relates to the stock market and what's going on we'll continue to move forward this morning here on ktsa i want to tell you about shirts funeral home 
where you're going to get outstanding customer service, friends at Church Funeral Home, who are going to treat you like family when you're in the middle of trying to plan a funeral. We all, we're all going to have to do that, folks. Uh, it just, it's just part of life, you know. <laughs> As Billy Graham used to say, in 90 years, none of us are going to be here. <laughs> that's, that's true. And so it's good to have a plan, uh, your own plan for your own funeral. That makes sense, and you pay for it. So your kiddos, grandkiddos, or whoever, that doesn't have to come out of the estate or insurance or whatever you're leaving behind for them. But secondly, if you're at time with a loved one and you need to plan one today or in the very near future, you won't find anybody better than Church Funeral Home to sit down and explain the entire process to you in an understandable way and then help you make decisions on the right products to buy and the right kind of service, et cetera, et cetera. They have an on-site crematory there as well. The Church Funeral Home at 210-658-9224. Mr. Electric, make sure your home has a good ground. Where appear courtesy of the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. All right, it's 648 now, 550 KTSA, FM 1071, Trey Ware page, KTSA.com. Spent a lot of time, just about 12 hours yesterday, uh, investigating the banking situation, speaking to higher-ups at banks across the country, several different places, and uh, investors as well, venture capitalists. Um, I, I uh, you know, full disclosure, I invest in a couple of companies that are venture capitalist investment companies, and so um, they that's the deal that, with that bank, Silicon Valley Bank, just to make it real simple, that was primarily their, uh, their wheelhouse. And so the stock market went down by a bunch on Friday in response to that. But since the government came in, the, spot, the Dow was off 345, S&P was down a point and a half. Um, I, I think since the government has come in and said this is the way we're going to handle this, it's kind of turned around. It's become more of a positive situation. They're going to stem the tide of any kind of systemic failure, hopefully. There's no guarantees on any of this. But the confidence, confidence, confidence is what the banking system uh, relies on, and this looks like they might have instilled some confidence with this move that they're making. So that's just a real simple fingernail sketch of what's going on. I want to talk with Carl Eggers from CreatingRicherLives.com about all this. He joins us every Monday at this time. And from your perspective on all this, Carl, what was Friday like for you? And then a general overview uh, overview from you on on the uh, Fed's response to all this. Well, good morning, Trey. Let's let's take a step back you know there, there's a an old adage on wall street that says the fed likes to r- hike rates until they break something and they may have just broke something and so we got used to this very low interest rate environment and that created a lot of um people that were very comfortable just you know and money was flowing all over the place into venture capital well once the fed started raising rates these firms you're talking about etsy for example uses them to to do payroll exactly. uh, that company's affected so when they started raising rates, what happened was basically these these venture capital firms started to uh, their funding started to dry up. There wasn't as much money coming in to invest in these companies, so right. they needed to pull money from the banks to actually make payroll, et cetera. Well, there was word got out that hey, there may not be enough money here because this bank obviously didn't doesn't all banks don't keep as much cash sitting there as people would think, and so there's essentially an old fashioned run on the bank. Now, the issue is, to me, this is a mismanagement issue by right. not only the people investing in those banks or right. depositing, you can't keep more than 250000 in a bank and assume that it's going to be backstopped by the government. Right. Now, it may be here, which is another government bailout. They're not calling it that, but it's essentially what it is. But there is FDIC insurance up to 250000 So these cash management people at these companies were depositing money at this bank and other banks above the 250. Right. Okay, so that was first that was shame on them for doing that, but what happened was the bank took that money and invested in treasury bonds. Right. Okay, nothing wrong with that, but when interest rates go up, those bonds go down in value. Right. And so what happened was when people started pulling their money, they had to go sell those bonds to meet the redemption requests and guess what happened? They took big losses on them. Yeah, on well, them. So, because because and I explained this all this morning when they bought those bonds, they were low interest rate, most of them were at 0.25%. Right. Now the new ones are between 4 and 7 and like everybody wants the 4 and 7, they don't want the 25. So they were selling them at huge losses. There's about 630 billion dollars like that that has not been sold that banks are holding now throughout the entire system. So it's a big deal because they have now these bonds that are worth less than they were because the Fed had to go up in the interest rates. So you're right. There's mismanagement there, but there's also mismanagement over the Fed. The Fed really screwed this thing up years ago by pouring all this money in the system, and you and I talked a lot about that and how they were creating not only a banking bubble, but also a market bubble with the stock market with all this money they were throwing out out there. 
Yeah, there's consequences for, for not only keeping rates low, there's consequences for raising them the fastest in history. And and the other thing, Trey, is that, you know, this is a situation where it, where the consumer started to wake up, and I talked about it the last several weeks, how, hey, you can get you can get 4 to 5% by just searching a little bit, Correct. and it's still safe, treasury bonds. And so people started to realize, I don't need to keep my money at the bank making 1%. I actually had a conversation exactly with my son That's exactly what literally happened. two weeks ago, and I said, and I'm not going to mention the bank, but I said, hey, your savings account's paying you 1%. I said, we can get a brokerage account at XYZ Company paying 45 And he said, well, why don't we do that? And I said, we are. So people started to pull their money out of banks slowly, and then right. it sped up. And that's really the issue. And so the thing you're going to have now is you may have this backstop, but this, this fund of $2.5 billion is not near enough for what's coming. So I don't think it's over by any means. I think it makes people wake up and say, maybe I should pull my money out of the smaller banks. I think the big banks will, will benefit, the J.P. Morgans, the Goldman Sachs. And by the way, Goldman Sachs came out the, uh, last night and said, we think the Fed should not hike anymore. We think they should be done hiking interest rates. They're going to just compound the problem. So now we've got that whole thing going on. Well, they're between a rock and a hard place because we still have right. you know, we still have enormously high inflation that's going on. So they're between a rock and a hard place on how to how to figure all that out. Now it's my understanding you said two and a half billion. It's my understanding the fund they're using as a backstop to guarantee more than the two hundred and fifty, like a Roku had four hundred and sixty bill or million in that bank, right? So when they when they were looking at backing that up and, and the other investors there's a hundred billion dollar fund that the banks have paid into and and of course the interest that has been accrued on that and et cetera. so it's my understanding they're going to use that hundred billion dollar fund to shore up these particular uh investments or these these deposits that are over two hundred fifty thousand yeah the two the two and a half the two and a half billion i believe came from the fact that that's what s v b was trying to raise the other day they just needed to raise that right. that's when the alarm right. bills went off right that. right but, but yes there's a bigger fund the right. question is if there's a bigger fund and we could just do this, is that more money printing that's going to that's going to well, eventually cause more inflation? Don't know. Is I mean, FDIC. I mean, what the, does FDIC the, mean now? Well, the money was supposed to be there already that the banks had already paid into <laughs> that fund. I don't know. I you know all, all I can tell you is what they're saying, and I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying this is what I'm this is what I've you know have, have learned on this, and that they're going to step in there with that with that money they're not calling it a bailout because nobody wants to bail out and and guarantee risk right now the 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 here's here's the side that's going to be interesting to you i think and what you do the investors and the people who bought those bonds they're they're out of luck they've already said that they're losing their money what they're covering or what this account is going to cover is the deposits so that the people who work for these uh companies these startups they're going to get a paycheck, right, and make sure that they can put food on the table. But it's the investors into the bank and those who bought those bonds, they're just out of luck. That's what they're saying. Well, anyway. there's another – you know, you're right. <clears throat> and the, and the, the clear sign is if you look at a company called First Republic, yeah. which is another bank, right. it's down 60% this morning because the investment in the bank Itself. is not going to be good, Correct. right? Correct. I mean, all that money is going to keep coming out. So the customers may be okay. But look, here's here's the situation. I mean – this FDIC insurance, nobody, let's be clear about this, and this is really important for our, our listeners to understand. Nobody that's had a checking account at a bank has lost money uh, ever, really, right. because they have they have had the funds and backstop, and they're going to do it again. And so that's not the concern, but the problem is, again, it, the run on the bank, if you will, and the moving of funds out is going to continue. And just the confidence in our banking system, which was shaken in 2008, and really hasn't been restored since is the main the main problem here and and I, look the fed and the treasury doing this quickly that's one thing that's great that they did that um they had to do that yeah. but it doesn't stop the the issue that we're going to see and then to your point the repercussions of the bond market the stock market right. by the way right. the bond market had its biggest rally in the last two days and it's going to be a third day that we've seen in decades so right. people are buying bonds because they're moving money out of the bank well sure but uh, as far you know the banking system of course is built on that uh, trust and confidence um but but at, at this point the people that i spoke with all day yesterday do not see a 2008 they don't see a lehman brothers type failure here and they certainly don't see a no. 19, 1929 that's that's not what we're <laughs> yeah i mean anything can happen but that's not what we're looking at right now no, I think the biggest issue, as you said, is the issue of the these banks are going to be non-profitable, a lot of the small ones. Right. But in right. addition, the issue is now this puts a wrench 
into the Fed's plan. They're going to have to stop raising rates. Right. And then now we have to deal with inflation. Yeah, that, now what mean, that's, that's the big one right there is where, yes, where does this play exactly. out as far as interest rates and as far as inflation is concerned? This bank, I believe, is going to be busted up and sold. I, I think it's going to be busted up in a bunch of little pieces and then sold off. And they even shopped it to Elon Musk over the weekend. Hey, you want a bank? You're, you're buying everything yep. else. How about a bank? <laughs> uh, so, I mean, they're, they're shopping this thing. They tried to get Bank of America to take it Friday afternoon, and Bank of America hasn't made a move yet. So, I think that's eventually what's going to happen, is that this thing is going to be busted up and sold, and it's going to be like the other banks in 2008 that were turned into commercial uh, banks. This was not primarily a commercial bank. This was a venture capitalist bank, primarily. Yeah, and I want to be, real quick, I want to be clear yeah. about something. If you look, I took a look at every bank and what they held over the weekend. Yeah. This this bank held the biggest amount of treasuries of anybody. They oh, had crazy. percent of their balance sheet. So, And I've heard, and I don't know if this is confirmed or not, that ninety seven percent of their deposits were over two hundred fifty thousand. That is that again, is confirmed. That is no, totally confirmed. There's a lot of yes. There's got to be blame here again, just like the financial crisis. One just one person. There's blame here sure. on these companies like an Etsy going. Who's doing your cash right. management? Well, like like that, like Roku. Roku had four hundred and sixty million in that bank. Four hundred and sixty. So yes, there is obviously some some fallout on on those guys, and we'll see how they whatever they're going to be. What, what's going to happen to hold them accountable? We'll, we're going to see. But Carl, you and I are out of time. I got to go. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and he's gone like that. Thanks, Carl. Appreciate it. Carl Lagers, CreatingRitualize.com. And we're in Ryman coming up next. KTSA. Reputation. It defines us. How we treat the